Welcome to the Authentic Discipleship Podcast, where we seek to encourage and empower you on how to make disciples in and through authentic relationships, recapturing the heart of the early church that we read about in the Bible. Our goal is simply to equip you so that you can make a life-changing difference where God has planted you all for the glory of God and the good of the world. We pray that you are blessed by this week's episode. Well, everyone, welcome back to the Authentic Discipleship Podcast, where everything we're discussing is encouraging, equipping, and empowering the church to make disciples through authentic relationships. And man, I am pumped for today. We have an awesome guest, Pastor Ken Adams. And so before we get started, I just want to say um, we've gone to the Disciple Making Summit the last three years has been an incredible experience for our church and uh, Pastor Ken has had a profound impact on us, our church. So, Ken, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Buck. It's good to be with you, man. I'm excited about uh, uh, being on the Authentic Discipleship podcast and uh, just excited to connect with you and uh, love talking about making disciples, man. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. And, uh, man, love what not only with um, uh, Impact Ministries, but what's happening at Crossroads Church. You guys just do discipleship so well. and you're committed to it, um, and that's so evident. So, and I just have a, a ton um, that I'd love to hear and pull out of you. But first, since it is the Authentic Discipleship Podcast, I love hearing kind of personal stories of you know who was that guy that came into your life and modeled what a disciple making relationship looks like. Mm, yeah, good question. And and you know, sadly, uh, Buck, my story is like a lot of other pastors. Is it? Uh, I didn't have anybody to come into my life and uh, disciple me. I had to, I had a lot of great spiritual influences growing up. Grew up in a in a really solid, uh, you know, godly home, and have an older brother that's also in a pastorate today. And uh, he had a he had a big influence probably on my spiritual development early on, but never never in a what I would call an intentional discipleship way. And so, uh, really, how it all started for me, my wife, who was at at that time. Uh, Back when I was about 20 years old, my girlfriend, okay. uh, she asked me if I would come do a, uh, a summer beach retreat for the uh, church that she was working at as a uh, summer youth uh, director. And so uh, I said, absolutely, we'd do that. And so I went down to uh, Panama City Beach with uh, about 20, 25, 30 kids, something like that. And honestly, we just had a revival. And uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't heading into the ministry, wasn't or, you know, vocationally, wasn't planning on doing any of that. I was just, I was an education major at Georgia State University and planning on being a coach and a teacher for my, my future. And, uh, but anyway, I had a chance to go do these Bible studies. God moved, kids got saved, kids recommitted their lives to Christ. And there was about four or five kids there, really about six that, uh, that I just knew these, these young men, if they just went back to where they had been, they were going to just sort of sort of go back to their lifestyle. And I was like, I got to do something about that. And so uh, I didn't live too far from where they were, maybe about 10 miles. And so invited them over to uh, to my parents' house, which is where I was living at the time. Uh, but we started meeting together once a week in the basement. And I had no idea what I was doing. I had no curriculum. I had no plan. I had no idea. All I knew is that somewhere in the New Testament, Jesus made disciples and I thought, you know what, if he did that, then that's probably a good thing for me to do with these guys. And maybe it would change their direction. And and literally it did. And so after about a year of hanging out with these guys, just looking at scripture together, holding each other accountable, praying for each other, encouraging each other, 
Uh, I watched their lives transform right in front of my eyes. And fast forward the tape, you know, 30, 40 years, two of these guys are in full-time ministry, even to this day. Uh, one of those guys became an elder in a church that we started. One of those guys became a, a church administrator for a season of his life. And really only about one of those guys in that basement are not really pursuing the Lord, not really walking with him or involved in church. So, so that experience uh, in my early 20s with this group of guys, quite honestly, I made a decision at that time. I'd, I'd do this for the rest of my life. And so uh, it lit a fire for, for this idea of making disciples. And then uh, from there, I did take a couple of jobs as a student pastor in a church uh, not far from where I lived. And I did the same thing there. I went to seminary, did a uh a youth job there, did the same thing there. So then when I came back to Georgia, uh, went, went to seminary in Texas, came back. And when I came back to plant Crossroads Church, man, I, I, I knew from day one, even though I didn't know what it looked like, I knew that we were going to be a church making disciples. And so that that's kind of how it all started for me. Yeah, man, I love that. That's uh, It's neat, you know, talking about the Authentic Discipleship Podcast. It sounds like... Um, yeah, you caught the vision in the basement, just the Bible and a few guys you knew needed Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that's, uh, no, I was just going to say that's, it all just started very, uh, you know, just, just very organically, I guess you could say, and just kind of authentically. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, it's, it's interesting, very similar of when we were in college, saw a lot of the same things. The guy who, the first guy that disciple me, we actually are pastors together in a network and we were college kids at the time. And, uh, man, it just seems like something really awesome happens, um, yeah. when it kind of is birth organically. And, uh, right. that's right. That's good. Well, so Crossroads Church, so pick us up there. And are you guys planted in 89? Is that right? That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. We, right. we, uh, we actually had our first service on, uh, Easter weekend, uh, March of, uh, 1989. And so, uh, in just a couple of weeks, we'll be celebrating our 35th uh, anniversary as a church. And so uh, uh, I actually came in as the first pastor. We had another guy that uh, was actually called a church starter strategist. That's something they did back in the day. And there was a guy that came in and, and his sole responsibility was to get a core group started and launch a service. And, uh, uh, but he he was not he was never coming to pastor. He was not going to be the pastor. He was just going to get it started, which was really great because that's uh, he's really gifted in that, and I was much more gifted for what we're doing now. And so I came in uh, really three months after the first service, and uh, as as the church's uh, first pastor. And so thirty five years later, we're still swinging at it, and we're still trying to figure it out. We uh, we really have have. A long way to go, but we are we are super committed to figuring out what does it mean to see a church be a movement of multiplying disciples, and so uh, so um, we've been kind of a laboratory for that for the last thirty five years, and I can tell you more about what not to do than I can what to do. So uh, I'm I'm an expert on that, man. I, just to, just to share with our listeners who have never been the Crossroads Church. Um, Man, incredible facility, incredible staff. It's very obvious that they uh, they do things with a sense of excellence. And and so, just I just want to share with the listeners, 
when you pull onto the church, you're immediately getting signage of, hey, you need to be in a group. Like this is where it's happening. And it's so obvious that being in a disciple uh, community relationship is kind of what you guys are, you've gone all in on it. And the fruit of the ministry speaks for itself. You know, I don't know. Uh, attendance wise, which it's disciple making is not about that, but obviously God took that model and he has multiplied it into multiple churches, multiple things. And, and just to back up, um, I think it's so cool. You're going into education and coaching of, I just, uh, uh, reminds me of a football coach that, you know, God has obviously blessed you with leadership skill and communication. And so I love how he has used that to, to further his kingdom. Um, in a big way. So I want our listeners to know that of really from its founding to now, a church really rooted in that that organic discipleship model, God has grown it. And has mm-hmm. more importantly, he's grown the kingdom through it. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'd love to hear, all right, now let's get into brass tacks. Most of our listeners are small group leaders. Um, they're out there. They're in the front lines, you know. They're out there getting it done. So Tell us your philosophy on disciple making. And, and just to kind of probe that question, I love how clear uh, you guys, this pipeline is and the language you use. Yeah. So if you could just, you know, take your, take your time and share yeah. your philosophy of disciple making. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, here's what I would have to start with is that I would have to, I just want to make really, really clear that, that man, anything that we're doing is that we look at we, we all of it comes out of the life and ministry of Jesus, and so uh, so it it ultimately uh, I've heard somebody say it like this, but that uh, if you seek to make disciples, you may or may not find Jesus, but if you seek Jesus, you cannot help but to make disciples, and so <clears throat> that's just so that's, that's foundational for us that that what we're what we are trying to do is that we're trying to lead the church to do the same thing that Jesus did when he started this movement called Christianity 2000 years ago. And so uh, all of the, all of the things that we're trying to do today are based on the principles that we see what Jesus used 2000 years ago. Another really foundational belief for us is that, is that we really believe there's a difference between a church with discipleship and a disciple making church and what I, I share that a lot and what it means is is that a lot of churches have discipleship that are basically programs that are just sort of you add on or they're extra so that people can go through a class or a course to go deeper to to maybe master spiritual disciplines we, we don't see it that way at all we believe that disciple making is not a part of what we do it is all we do. It's not one of the things we do. It's it's everything we do. And so for us, church is not, disciple making is not a program. It's a process. And it begins before some, it, that process begins before somebody even enters into the walls of our church. So the disciple making process begins in the schools, in work, in communities, in the gym, I mean, all over the place. And our goal is to help somebody go through a process of being what we would call, you know, an untrained, far from God seeker uh, to becoming a what we believe is Jesus calls a fully trained disciple that is ultimately helping to change the world. And so when you look at the life of Jesus, uh, 
never one time was disciple making a program that was just added. He, Buck, he was taking a group of guys on a journey. And that That's journey right. was to raise them, get them to a place where they could lead his movement. And quite honestly, that's what we need to be doing today. And and so the church has gotten trapped, I think, a lot into these structures and traditions and all these things that really keep us from being this this church as a disciple making process. And so um, that that's a big picture thing. And I, I can obviously break it down into a lot of steps, but. Uh, that that's the overarching, overriding thing, and I, I will be clear to say we are we are nowhere near being a movement, but we are seeing multiplication happen, yes. and we've 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 seen in our church more than any other place I've been. We've seen disciples make disciples that make disciples. We've seen multiple generations of disciple making. We also have started uh, dozens of churches in the U S and half a dozen churches uh, internationally. And so we're not only trying to reproduce disciples, we're trying to reproduce disciple making churches. That's and right. so, so that's right. that, that, I mean, I could go on and on, but uh, that's yeah, a- yeah. I'm a, uh, and I'm just going to, re- I'm just going to kind of probe just from some things that my takeaways when we go to the disciple making summit and just a couple of things I wanted to hear you repeat that I think is so critical for listeners. And number one is, the pursuit of Christ, you can't help but do what Christ did, right? Mm-hmm. But then That's also right. we've adopted this. So just so you know, uh, the influence of our church, uh, we changed the the value of discipleship um, to disciple making. And, yeah. um, you know, maybe maybe clarify that one more time of why, yeah. why do you guys harp that language disciple making? Yeah, yeah. What, that's a great, great thought and a great question. And, and here's why. You, you've probably heard this before. It's not original to me, but, uh, but you know, when you get on an airplane, um, you know, wh- which, of, which of the wings do you want? You want the right wing or the left wing? Well, you, you, you really want both, right? Because it's not going to fly without both. <laughs> right. So think about this, man. So, uh, so Jesus never separated. Jesus never separated discipleship and evangelism. It was it was all about disciple making. He was he was taking guys deeper so that they would ultimately go wider. That's right. And so we've got this mindset that you know we uh, church focuses either on discipleship or evangelism, but it needs to be both and. It needs to be making disciples that make disciples because ultimately that's how you reach the world. That's right. And, uh, you know, I had a guy say to me one time, uh, an executive pastor, of a very large church, probably would know his name if I mentioned it. And he, he made this comment. He said, I know you guys focus a lot on discipleship. You might want to start focusing more on evangelism. <laughs> and when he says he said, I was like, oh, my gosh, I just cringed on the inside. I was like, he doesn't get it. Now, we're not yeah. we're not focusing on just being us for no more. Let's just dive deeper and deeper. Man, we're just we're just trying to go deep enough that we can equip people to go wider, yeah. and so uh, so it is not a. You've heard this phrase before, but it, it if you're, I mean, let's just ask the question: the movement that Jesus started is not an inch deep and a mile wide. <laughs> yes, you know, it's deep and wide. It is both. Well, and you know, Robert Coleman is who man. Uh, 
you know, what's the what's the book? I think this year at the the summit they mentioned it, but when yeah. I read that book, I really began to discover exactly what you're saying of Jesus yeah. took 12 guys and the task was to mold them in a way that that movement would go forth and he would reach the world. And yeah. um it just totally like you said and and really and Ogden has great stuff on this, but what I hear you saying is discipleship is the umbrella of the Christian life and ministry of evangelism falls in the umbrella. Um, it's only a, a part of the process under a disciple making umbrella. That's um, right. That's one right. more. Yeah. I think you, yeah. go, go ahead. Let me go back. Let me go back to something. Yeah. So you, you're mentioning Robert Coleman's book. Yeah. So the title of his book, and this is interesting. The title of his book is the master plan of evangelism, right? <laughs> right. Now, here's what's interesting is that it's a book about disciple making called yes. the master plan of evangelism. So either either Robert Coleman got the wrong title or he wrote the wrong book, right? But uh, <laughs> or maybe he knows something that that a lot of us don't realize and that is that by making disciples that make disciples you actually do evangelize the world. Yes. And so in fact, I would suggest that if we make disciples that make disciples we evangelize the world faster and smarter and better than we're doing it by doing massive crusades and, you know, all these other things that we, that we do that literally they look like they're having great results, but in reality, they're not putting a dent in it. That's right. That's right, man. So good. And just a, uh, I shared this too. Another thing talking about, you know, Robert Coleman and kind of the idea of disciple making is, uh, and I shared this with our, our, I have a group I'm taking, uh, 10 or 12 folks going through some um, intense disciple making leadership development stuff on Sunday mm -hmm. afternoons. Shout out to those folks. But we talked about, I believe it was there, of, and maybe Spader said this at one of the, the conferences one year, but he said, you know, imagine writing those people in the back of your journal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if if you invest in them well, the return on investment of making disciple making disciples, it is an exponential growth that is greedy. It takes time. Um, but the return on investment is far greater than the pop up crusade. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, I would. In fact, you know, what's cool is, is it uh, being able to be a part of a church, you know, from the ground up to where we are today, I've, I've literally been able to have a front row seat to watching multiple generations of disciples. In fact, we have a group of guys that meet every Thursday morning in our church. This is just one of of uh, several different kind of what we call gatherings or, or um, you know, groupings of, of men, women, whatever the case may be. This case is on Thursday morning. It's just a group of men. This past Thursday, we probably had we probably had about 70 men gathered at seven o'clock in the morning that break into about maybe uh, 10 to 12 small groups all across our auditorium. They're all doing discipleship together and they're not doing classes. They're not one person standing up teaching. They're all doing discipleship with groups of men. And these men are walking through the curriculum that we've developed. And so they're learning what it means to have the character and the conduct of Christ. And uh, and in that room on Thursday morning, um, there's literally uh, three generations of disciples that came out of a group that I started about uh, about four years ago. And so, uh, so it, I, I, I can I can I can testify to the fact firsthand 
that if uh, it does work, if you work it, and if you work it long enough, you know, I, I'm just, we just done it for four years, and there's already we've got already gone from a, of a group of about six guys to one, two, three, four, five, five groups, and now we probably have uh, well over you know, 40, 30 to 40 guys in those groups. So it's a matter of just, you know, long obedience in the same direction, I believe. Yeah, man, I could talk this stuff all day, but let me, let me <laughs> pull this out. Uh, so start with um, kind of some of your conceptual language for our listeners. I'm just thinking about the practical, the the folks we have, and I'm, I'm blessed. And I just want to shout out to our church, our connect group leaders, and disciple group leaders, um, and there's a lot of people hungry to, to make disciples, and we're seeing that return on investment. So I want to honor those guys. But I love the language. Start me with come and see and work work with me from there, kind of you guys' philosophy of looking at the life of Jesus and making a disciple, um, someone that's got somebody in their workplace or, you know, they're looking at investing. So start with come and see yeah. and sh- walk me through your language. Yeah. Uh, so, so even before come and see, let's just back up and 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 make sure we know what the target is, right? Because uh, because the target is not uh, is not just come and see our crowd. The target is come and and connect to a, a to a savior that's going to change your life. And so, well, we we want to make sure people understand that what we're trying to do is this, this would be what we call the strategy of Jesus. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to help. Uh, what we believe are called untrained seekers become fully trained disciples. You know, go back to the book of Acts and it says that uh, the men, when they saw the boldness of uh, Peter and John, they said these men who are unschooled, ordinary men. So they're just untrained, but they are seekers in the sense that they are, they're coming after, they want more. They're trying to find out more. They got, they, they, they know something's missing in their life. So, so Jesus uh, after he was baptized, he sees two of John's disciples, probably uh, Andrew and John. And he says his first words in John chapter one, he says, come and see. And so, again, you got to remember, G- Jesus has no following at this point. He's not performed a miracle. He's not preached a sermon. He's not done anything super. I mean, he's got he's done nothing but be a carpenter's son. And now he's gotten baptized. And he says, he says to these guys, come and see. And so he's not asking them for a full commitment of their life. He's not saying, come be a leader in my movement. He's just saying, come spend a day with me, check it out, see what I have to offer you. And then he says from come and see, after that, he says, come and follow me. Mm. And when he says that, Buck, this is important because he is literally changing locations from the Jordan uh, the Bethany at the Jordan to uh, Capernaum. And so in his day, there were no planes or trains or automobiles. You had to walk. And so that meant that he's inviting them not just to spend a day, but he's inviting them to spend days with him. And that's going to develop some community. And that's going to develop a uh, relationship. And so when we invite somebody to come and see, we're just saying, hey, come check it out what God's doing in in our lives or in our church. And then when we say, come and follow, we're saying, be part of our community here, get connect relationally. And then in John chapter eight, Jesus said, come and remain in me. My word remains in you. You will be my disciple. 
So we believe that now he's calling them to a level of obedience. And so you literally are moving from seeker to follower to disciple. And then at that point, he's trying to teach them uh, his character and his conduct, who he is and what he does. And they're learning that. And then by the time you get from Acts 8 to Acts, I'm sorry, to from John 8 to John 20, uh, verse 21, he says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. So now he's saying, come and go out from me. So there literally is four stages or four steps in Jesus' strategy. Come and see, come and follow me, come and remain in me, come and go out from me. And our church, the strategy of our church is modeled on that exact same thing. So we're trying to walk people through that same four-step strategy. Man, so good. And just want to say for our listeners, a lot of gold. So make sure you're capturing this, but also sharing with those that are hungry to make disciples and doing it the way Jesus did it. And uh, mm-hmm. Jesus is the perfect disciple maker. Um, he is. And, mm-hmm. and so I think it's a, it's a brilliant strategy to not make one up, but let's look and see how Jesus did it. And you guys are very clear on that. and. Um, and just do such a wonderful job again with your language, clear communication processes, and it's awesome. So I want to I want to move into now. So tell us about the disciple making summit. I'm, I've heard it of your heart. How did that get started? And where what's your vision for it? Um, yeah, just maybe for the listeners, what is the disciple making summit? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, we you know we started uh, this is our fourth year, and uh, so you know it's funny is that years ago. I used to go to a uh, uh, to a conference in Chicago, and it was called the Leadership Summit. Uh, I think it still it still happens today. Huge, there's you know tens of thousands of people that go every year, and I always remember, uh, I always remember leaving there, going, "Man, this is great. There, this is great. We need a leadership summit, but but the, we believe that the best leadership comes out of discipleship." So if we're going to have a leadership summit, shouldn't we also have a discipleship summit? And shouldn't we have something that, that teaches us, shouldn't we have something that teaches us how to make disciples so that then we would have potential leaders to draw from and to pull from? So I didn't think that existed. I didn't think that was out there, but there, there were some conferences that began to develop and some of them came out of Dan Spader's ministry. Some of them came out of a, a ministry in, uh, in, in Texas. A good friend of mine, uh, Craig Etheridge, did some. And so there were some conferences out there. And then, of course, there's a, a national disciple-making uh, conference that goes on every year. And, but, but for us, uh, some of those conferences, they, they stopped doing them. And there were a lot of reasons for that. I'm sure COVID uh, was maybe the the nail in the coffin kind of thing, but I don't know. There were some things that happened and, and, and we didn't see it. We weren't going to just, we weren't going to just reproduce what was already there, but we finally realized this is not happening. And, and, and fundamentally we decided, you know what, if we're a church that is, that is passionate and driven to make disciples, then we need to every year bring in people that are teaching it the way Jesus did. And we just need to do it for our church. Amen. And and we want to just keep banging the drum and just keep driving the value at our church. And then we said, you know what? If we do that, why not invite other people? And so that that is literally how it started. Is it? And in fact, 
honestly, Buck, if if nobody else came from anywhere else, uh, we we will do it every year for just for Crossroads Church, just for our congregation, and for all of the leaders that we have that are that are in the trenches every week making disciples and leading small groups, and so so we're doing it for our church, but we are also inviting other people and. Quite honestly, there's, uh, you know, you may have even heard me say this this year, is that when you start trying to find keynote speakers that have a disciple-making approach, uh, I'm sorry, Jesus' approach to disciple-making, you have a very small pool of people to draw from, and which is sad. It should be more than we, more, it should be more than we know what to do with, but it's not. And so we're trying to find, we're trying to find people that, are, are doing it the way Jesus, using his model and uh, following his mission. And we're trying to find uh, those kinds of leaders that come in that just pour gas on the fire of our church and other churches like yours, where you got some disciple making going. And we just, man, we just need to keep, you know, keep that fire burning. So we're really just trying to stoke the fire. And, you know, we want it to, uh, we want it to continue to grow. You know, we have some space challenges already because we don't have, uh, we have plenty of auditorium room, but we don't have enough room for all the breakouts. So, uh, so anyway, we'll figure that out. We'll, we'll make it work, but uh, uh, we have another campus that we can obviously split time between if we need to. So, uh, but we're going to, every year, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to continue to bring in uh, some of the, some of the most gifted communicators that are disciple makers. So we won't compromise the value of disciple making just to get a good communicator. And right. so, uh, and, and, and I, I intentionally, I, I only do breakout. I don't speak in the main sessions because uh, our church hears me all the time. So, uh, so I, I'm bringing other people in that say the same thing we're doing. And just, just in, you know, sometimes it helps to hear somebody else say what you're saying. So that's what we do. Absolutely. Well, and just to encourage you guys, um, I think this was year three, year one, I went with, I think, two other guys. And so it was kind of a, a come and see, check it out. Love the idea. Um, last year, I think we brought 10. This year, we brought somewhere around 20. And so I just want to say this for all of our listeners network of churches. It is an incredible experience. Our goal here is that every single one of our what we call small group connect group leaders will will have gone to the conference. So that's how much we believe in what you're doing and um, that it is uh, the feedback and return on investment has been great. So I know new ventures can be, they require energy and resources, but just know our church has been very blessed by your resolve to keep the main thing, the main thing and um, you know, to open up this conference. So, um, I want to say thank you, but also want to encourage our listeners. Um, the Disciple Making Summit is usually the last weekend in January. Is that right? It is, uh, yeah. Same same thing next year. It'll be on, I believe, uh, the way the weekend splits. It's the January 31st is the Friday, and February the 1st is uh, the, the Saturday. So it's, Saturday it'll, be, it'll be that last weekend. And then what's the donuts on Saturday? Just the one, one last final pitch. What's we'll the shout donut? out. Little shout out to Heirloom Donuts, man. They, uh, they bring in some good stuff, don't they, man? <laughs> they do. The maple bacon, it goes quick. Yeah, it's a bomb. They love it. Oh, yeah. man. Well, Pastor Ken, this has been, man, such a joy. 
uh, and I thank you for joining me for the podcast and um, just sharing um, the the wisdom of 35 years of disciple making with us. Um, and I just love this episode. And so just want to say thank you for your life, your leadership and your investment in me and my church. Thank you, Buck. Pray, pray for us, man. We're leaving Sunday night. We're going to Egypt. Uh, we get an opportunity to uh, train about 150 pastors and leaders over there in disciple making. And those guys actually represent uh, churches in everywhere from Turkey to Syria, all over the Middle East. It's a it's going to be a, a great opportunity. And if you don't mind, get all your listeners just to say a prayer for us. It would be a very fruitful and obviously we concerned, we want it to be a very safe uh, trip as well. So uh, yeah. we're going into a hotbed. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, if you don't mind, um, we'll do that right now. And uh, as, as everyone's listening, let's join it because there's never been a more critical time and an opportunity of you guys are going right in the middle of it and what the Lord's doing over there. What a, what an opportunity. And uh, let me just pray. Uh, Father, we love you. Thank you for uh, the privilege to be uh, workers in your kingdom, Lord. And God, we are thankful that you called us each by name. And um, Lord, you saved us um, uh, through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. And so, Lord, we just pray over Pastor Ken and his team and this opportunity. God, first and foremost, we pray uh, for the kingdom of God to go forth, and Lord, that you would lead um, him and his team as they pour into disciple-making pastors uh, in the Middle East. God, we pray that it would fall on good ground, and God, that you would uh, multiply that investment all throughout the Middle East, that many would come to surrender their life uh, to Jesus, and and so that your gospel would go forth. Pray for that. We pray for protection of the team, safe travels here and there, and while they're on the ground, God, we pray for protection. And again, Jesus, we just pray that you would use them um, in a powerful way. Uh, God, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. Yeah, thank you, brother. And um, for our listeners, uh, man, thank you guys for listening. We'd love for you uh, to like, rate, share with someone you know in your life uh, needs to hear the message today. A lot of good stuff. And as we always say, remember, we only get to do life one time. Let's live it on purpose. Love you guys.